together. Take our song, we'll turn to 542. 542, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Let's, let's sing tonight. Diverticulosis was the diagnosis, and she's having she's had some infection, and she's in a lot of pain. And called nine one one, they took her to the hospital to pray for her. Generally, we'll get her on the phone. So she's evidently sedated, or can't get to the phone, or can't reach it, or something. Just pray that uh, they get to hear from her. And um, her daughter has been trying to get hold of her too. Um, let's see if I got anything else off the top of my head. I don't know. Yes, Ken Barber. Yeah. Yeah, missionary Ken Barber and his family are out there in Belize where that Hurricane Lisa is hitting and pray for them, their safety, and, and those that are 
that are around them there. Anybody else? Anything else? My friend Sunny that works with me. Mm -hmm. Her diagnosis. Oh mercy. Three hundred and thirty-seven. Three thirty-seven. Trust and obey. Quickly drives it away. 
I, I mean, and, and, and as you, if you read it, if you just read those verses, you'll say, man, there ain't a whole lot you can get there because it's kind of telling you everything you ought to know. But really and truly, I think a lot of times we read the Bible like we read the newspaper, and we don't really look at what all is saying. We don't weigh it in the gravity of the words like we should sometimes. And so tonight I want to, with the Lord's help, try to step back. We, You know, most times we read the Bible with a microscope or a magnifying glass. We're looking for, we're looking for to, to look closer. But sometimes you need to step back and take the focus and draw, draw it all the way back and see the big picture. And so tonight I want us to kind of do that a little bit if we can, if God will grant us that. So you, you, you pray for me tonight because I've got a, I've got a large task to take us and try to get us to step outside of our normal way of thinking just for a minute. So let's, let's, let's ask God to help us with that tonight. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, I love you. I thank you tonight for your word, and I praise you. I thank you for the book of Proverbs. Lord, I ask you please to help us as we study it, as we read. Father, I pray, Lord, that you'll open up our understanding. Help us, Lord, as I heard a preacher say once, to take a little helicopter ride up above the earth and, and get your perspective. Help us tonight to see things from your viewpoint. Lord, I pray that, uh, Holy Spirit, that you'll open our understanding or we'll not see it because we can't see it with human reasoning or human eyes or, or, or human mind. It has to be supernatural. So tonight we pray the Holy Spirit of God. First of all, we come before you, Lord, and we ask you to cleanse us. Lord, get the dirt off of us that we've carried throughout the day. Father, we want to be clean to come to your presence. And, Lord, if we come clean tonight, we ask you, for your presence, we ask you, Lord, to fill our hearts and our minds and help us to, Lord, to see beyond the reality we're standing in at the moment. Lord God, we just ask you, please, make the word of God open up tonight and real to us, and we'll give you all the glory and the praise for it, Lord, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I know it's a little backwards. Usually we read, then we pray, but we thought we'd just pray tonight. So I want you to look tonight at verse 22, and we'll read down through verse 31. And again, if you remember, what is chapter 8 covering? It's, it's wisdom personified. If you remember, I just want to say this just to, just to touch on it so we remember. Verse, chapter 7 was all about the wicked, adulterous woman who met the, met the young, simple boy in the shadows. He was a married woman. He was a young, perhaps a young teenager, and she, she came and she overtook him with her, with her lustful ways and her lustful words. And she caught him, and it was for the destruction of his soul. He didn't even understand that he was going like a sheep to the slaughter. And uh, and then you contrast that with wisdom, which which the Bible presents poetically as a woman. And in that, in in doing so, she's she's shown to be not. I mean, she's shown to be the absolute opposite of the adulteress in Proverbs chapter seven, because she comes right out in the open. She stands in the high places of the city. She's She's at the gates of the city. She's, she's in the ways. She stands where the crossroads are. She stands beside the road, the sidewalks, and she calls out. She calls out the men to come to her and receive wisdom and understanding so that they go about their way and they're prosperous in their way. And she's not leading men to destruction. No, she's leading men uh, to, to the ways of God. And so wisdom, as we found out here, Christ is wisdom. Wisdom is Christ personified. And that's what we kind of looked at last week. Well, we're going to look at it a little deeper tonight. I really want you to see this. Um, so let's get into it. Let's get in here, chapter, uh, verse 22. Verse 22, the Bible says there, 
the Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way. Before his works of old, I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning or ever the earth was. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the waters should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, then I was by him as one brought up with him, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the habitable part of the earth, and my delights were with the sons of men. So let's go back here to the beginning there where we, where we start in verse 22. And I want us to look tonight at, at God. God is showing us here that, number one, wisdom is absolutely from him. And not only is wisdom from him, wisdom has always been. It's always been around. It, it, it's, it's not something new. It's always been before there was an earth that was wisdom. And wisdom is, is a person. Wisdom is Christ. And we're going to see that. So let's look at it again. Uh, he said, the Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way, before his works of old. Let me just say tonight, wisdom has always existed. Like I said, it's always existed with God. God has always had wisdom. God didn't get wise. God has always been wise. So it's always been there. And like we've said, poetic language has been used to describe wisdom as a she or a her. But truly, again, wisdom personified is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 19, the Bible said, and we studied weeks ago, it says, The Lord, by wisdom, hath founded the earth. Did all that he did. In all his creation, he did it by wisdom, the Bible says there in chapter 3, verse 19. By understanding, he hath established the heavens. Verse 23, he says, I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, or ever the earth was. I thought that's kind of interesting. He, he said, I was set up. Uh, that, that set up, it refers to being installed. Okay, uh, being uh, somebody like somebody was uh, was hired for a job or somebody was placed in a position. He was he was. Uh, it's kind of like uh, you could look at it kind of like a uh, kind of like a king is is put into in into place. A king is installed. Someone is installed as king. He's saying he said I've always I was always installed as king. That's what that verse is saying there. I was set up from everlasting. He's saying I've always been there from the beginning or ever the earth was. I mean, listen, a lot of people don't ever think about this, but where was God before all this? Have you ever thought about that? Where was God before the, before his creation was here? Was he there? Yes, he was. He's always existed. And that that's something we have a hard time with, is trying to picture an existence without us that God was in. We can't do that. I know you, you may have tried, but I can't picture, I can't picture that existence 
without creation in it that God existed in. It's like, what was God doing all that time? Was, was he just was, was he just by, by himself doing nothing, just sitting in a vast vacuum of nothingness? I, I, I don't I don't know. You know, I won't know that, and you won't know that until we get there. You know, and, and but he's always existed outside of the creation and of the earth and man. And our, again, our minds can only conceive of this existence that we're currently experiencing. That's the only one we have a point of reference to. So, and like I said, one of these days. One of these days, if we're saved, we're going to have a perfect body. After after the, the rapture or the resurrection of the saints, either way you go by the grave or the rapture, you're going to have a perfect body, and that perfect body is going to have perfect wisdom. You'll have exactly the same kind of wisdom that God Almighty has. Amen. You'll have a perfect body just like the resurrected body of the Lord Jesus Christ when you're forever united with Christ. All right? And wisdom created everything. And in chapter 1 of John, John refers to wisdom by the synonymous name, the Word. John 1, 1 through 14. I know you know it, but I'm going to read it tonight. These people watching that maybe haven't read it before. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And the Word, I'm sorry, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay? So the Word is with God, and, it's, and he is God. So who is that person we're, de- we're describing? We're describing the Son of God. We're describing Jesus Christ. The same was in the beginning with God. Christ is eternal. He's not a created being. And I'm going to tell you, these people who take this passage I'm talking about tonight, and uh, especially the Jehovah's Witnesses, they take this passage and they try to twist it to say that Jesus is a created being, but that's hogwash, and I wasn't even going to give any attention to it tonight because it's such hogwash, but I think I'll touch on it as we go just so you understand where we're coming from. But, again, the Bible says the same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by him. Who? By the word, by wisdom, by Jesus Christ. And without him was not anything made that was made. So there wasn't anything made before without Jesus Christ, if there was anything. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, there are people who believe there's a gap between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. I do not subscribe to that. At one point in my ministry, when I was young, I gave I gave some thought to it. I studied it out. I researched it a little bit. But I finally came to the conclusion that that ain't Scripture, that that's speculation that man has come up with, and uh, it, it, leaves, it leaves the door cracked for evolution. Uh, it, it says, well, it could have been all this happened during that period of time. It could have been that evolution took place during this period of time. This could have been or that could have been. And, and maybe the dinosaurs existed during that. Listen, the, Bible's, the Bible tells us everything it wants us to know. And if it ain't there, I'm not going to try to shoehorn something else in that don't fit. But anyway, let's go. keep going. It says, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Verse 4, in him was life. There was no life outside of God. There was no life outside of Christ. And the life was the light of men. Without Listen, we're made in the image of our Creator. We have that life given to us by Him. Without Him, we wouldn't have it. The Bible says in verse 5, And the light shineth in, in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Most people don't know understand what that's saying. But when the light started shining, where it was darkness, there's no longer darkness ended the darkness. The darkness can't stop the light. You can go into a, a giant airplane hangar with all the windows blacked out 
pitch black, just as black as black dark in the Congo. And you go out, you strike a match, and there ain't a doggone thing what the darkness can do in there about it. It can try to snuff it out, but it can't. It can't stop it. The light, you know, the light stops the darkness. The light shuts the darkness down, and the darkness couldn't stop it. And all this took place because God decided to make it so. And he goes on to say there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that the men that all men through him might believe. Christ came into the world to bring salvation. He was John was not that true light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, that light which lighteth every man which cometh that cometh into the world. If you're going to, if you, listen, if you're going to know God, Jesus Christ has got to turn the light on. You won't get the light turned on no other way. There ain't no other way to God. He's the only way. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, Jesus. That says it right there. And the world knew him not. They didn't know he was a creator. They wouldn't have turned on him maybe if they had known him as a creator. If they'd have believed it, he was in the world, and the world was made by him. The world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, praise God for that. To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that, which, that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Again, uh, there are people who, who claim that, that Jesus was a created being. No, no, no. John 3.31 says, He that cometh from above is above all. He that is of heaven is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. Amen. He's not a created being. He's above all. Verse 24 says, describes the creation that he made. I want you to listen. I want you to look there in your Bible as we go. It says, when there were no depths, when there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water. That relates back to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2, where the Bible says, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the earth, face of the waters. Now, he said there was no depth. So, you know, again, I, I mentioned that gap theory. I don't believe that stuff. But, you know, I, I, believe, I, believe that, I believe that God did his creation in stages. I don't believe, you know, that people say, well, you know, the earth, the earth was without form. It was void, and God doesn't make anything a waste, and God doesn't make anything. God's not the author of confusion. Well, wait a minute. Is this a waste? And this thing's been wrote on yet, right? It's blank. You say, well, what a waste. He put a blank thing up there. It's void. There ain't nothing on it. Well, God started with the earth that was that way, and he made it. Amen? So, and he didn't make it all in one day, in one moment. He didn't say, let there be earth. Right? No, he did it in stages. And so he started with a blank canvas. And I believe that's what we see there when we talk in verse 24. When there were no depth, it was, it was flat water. There wasn't no there wasn't no deep crevices in the water. I believe the ground underneath it was flat. All right. He said there were no depths, and I was brought forth when there were no fountains abounding with water. There was 
at that time, like I said, the earth was a blank canvas in the process of God's creation. And it's teaching us that God made the depths. He made the, you know, there are subterranean oceans. There are oceans underneath the ground. Did you know that? Yeah, there are, there are huge oceans. Uh, more, more, most of the earth's water is underground. And, you know, God made all that. All, all of the, uh, the uh, underground springs and aquifers, all of those things which feed our water supply, all of that is made by the wisdom of God. Amen? That's what he's talking about here. He said, before that, the earth was without form, and it was void. There was nothing there, and it was just, it was just darkness. But God made all that by his wisdom. Amen? And all, that, all, our function, all of our systems function. I mean, you know, they still get, we still get good water out of the ground. And, you know, God did all that. The filtration system he installed. That's by the wisdom of God. And verse 25, he said, before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. <clears throat> you know, anytime the Bible talks about the hills being settled, it's it's a it's it's a steady reference to creation. It says it talks about that through the Bible. In Psalms chapter ninety, verse two, it says, Before the mountains were brought forth, forever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Before the mountains were brought forth. So at one point, at one point, there's my pen. At one point, everything was just flat as a pancake. And then God formed mountain ranges. That's what the Bible's saying. It's right there. Amen. Before the mountains were brought forth. Before there was any depth, there wasn't anything there. It was a blank canvas at one time. All right? And like I said, before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth, uh, the earth, the, the surface of the earth has cracks and, and crevices and, and, and huge depths. I can't remember what they call the, that uh, big deep one in the ocean. I can't remember what it's called. But uh, what is it? Mariana's Trench. Yeah, Mariana's Trench. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all that. God made all that. And I know that a lot of things. Uh, happened during the flood when when God flooded everything when, it, when the foundations of the deep were broken up the found and, and the windows of heaven were opened up and and we'll talk about that in just a minute but but anyway again Job chapter fifteen verse two, verse seven Eliphaz his friend when he's when he's giving Job a hard time he asked Job he said art thou the first man that was born or wast thou made before the hills so again. God took that blank canvas and he formed all that. He, uh, wisdom did that. It was the wisdom of God. And, uh, and then verse 26, he said, While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. In verse 27, he says, When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass, upon the face of the deep. Now, that language is, is very specific there. And I, and I, and I like, when I look at that, I, I, I see some things. Okay, first of all, God prepared the heavens. Now, I wanna, I'm, I'm not going to bring a bunch into this tonight, but I do want to mention this. How many of y'all ever heard the gospel in the Zodiac? Y'all ever heard of that? I can't tell you exactly how it goes. But it but it starts with Virgo and it goes during the zodiac wheel and and it, it there's a, a story it tells it tells the gospel story 
of the Savior. Now, don't ask me to sit up and relate it to you tonight, but God made the stars. Satan tried to co-opt it and, and try to turn it and use it in a corrupt manner. But God God made the stars. He aligned them like he wanted them, and he put constellations up there, and he, he says that they're there for signs and seasons. So God did that. Now, he prepared the heavens. But when he prepared the heavens, uh, you know, he there's more to that statement than meets the eye. There was a, uh, a Jewish uh, Jewish author. I, his name is Richard Richard uh, Friedman, I believe is his name. He, he did a commentary, a Jewish commentary on the Torah. Okay, and in there he describes how ancient Hebrews how they how they viewed the universe. Well, they viewed the universe according to the way the, that God showed them. And what and this is how it kind of was. Let me kind of show you. Okay. Now, above the earth, the Bible tells us that there are waters above the earth, and the Bible tells us there are waters beneath the earth. Okay, and then there is dry land, and there are fountains under the earth that broke free when the flood took place and came up. So you and I are living on this dry land. And God, what he did, essentially, is he took, there were waters everywhere, and God raised a vacuum chamber and put us in the middle of it, called an atmosphere. And inside that, the Bible tells us that he created the heavens and the earth and put them in that firmament, which is the firmament, which is around the earth. Now, you say, that sounds crazy. That goes against everything I've ever been taught in science. Well, I understand that. And sometimes science is going to leave the Bible. And when science leaves the Bible, where are you going to stick? Are you going to stick with the Bible or are you going to stick with science? I'm going to stick with the Bible. I'm not going to stick with science. Isaiah 40, 21 and 22, listen to what it says. Hast thou not known? Have you not heard? Hast it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? The earth has foundations. That's what God's Word says. It has foundations. Now, again, I've never been outside the earth. I've never been outside the earth's atmosphere. I've never looked at it, and neither has, I don't think, anybody else as far as that's concerned. Because I don't think anybody's been out beyond our atmosphere. Uh, you know, they, they shoot them rockets up now, and they say, oh, people can take a ride and all this stuff. I read the account of, of Captain Kirk, his trip up there. The other day, he's 90-something years old, took a trip up there, broke his heart. He got up there as far as he could go, and he looked out, and he expected to see the majesty of space. He said there wasn't nothing there. It was just black. Nothing. No stars, nothing. Black. Isn't that something? Amazing. There wasn't no stars out there when they got up to the top of the atmosphere. Is that because maybe God didn't make it like they say he did? Maybe it's like the Bible says and not the way that we've been told. I mean, it's not like we've ever been lied to by anybody out there that don't want us to know everything they know. I mean, it's not like they're not secret societies that try to keep information from the general public. It's not like the Catholic Church hasn't been lying to millions of people about everything for a long, long time. It's not like this world isn't full of lies, and it isn't run by the master of all lies. But God's Word, on the to contrast that, tells us about windows of heaven. That he opened up. Whole thing called the flood. Windows of heaven. Okay. 
But but I want but I want to get I don't want to get away from Isaiah yet. Isaiah forty, twenty one, twenty two. Again, we talked about the foundations of the earth that God talks about. Seriously, he says it right there in the Word. And he said, it is, it is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth. Y'all remember when we were in Ezekiel chapter 1, and we talked about those creatures that were flying and they had the domes above them and the, and, and the, and the, the sapphire stone under God's feet? He that sitteth upon the circle of the earth. Isn't that something? Look here. God, God sits upon the circle of the earth. That's what the Bible says. I mean, I know it's in the Bible. It's in your King James Bible right there in your hands. He sitteth upon the circle of the earth. You know, that's the, that's the ball. I don't know what shape it is. But I do know that God, it, it does say in his word. Now, listen, I'm just going on what it says. I'm not going on what we've learned all our life. I'm going on what God says. It says, it is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth. Now, I've seen... I've seen pictures from from uh, when when people are up up high, and I realize they usually have a a fish eye uh, window they're looking out of, which gives it a concaveness, or sometimes these a fish eye lens. But I have seen photos taken by people that didn't use those, and yes, it looks like a round circle out there. I don't know if it's a sphere or not. I couldn't tell you, but I can tell you this: God's word said He sits above the circle of it, and it also says it says, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers. So that means we must be under seat. And the Bible says that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain. That's in the Word of God. Stretcheth out the heavens. I mean, look, it's a curtain. And further than that, he says, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. I've been inside a tent, haven't y'all? That kind of... You know, a, a firmament that he describes in the Word of God in, in Genesis chapter 1, I mean, you know, solid. Firmament means dome. It's it's a solid. And, and again, I don't believe we've been through it. But then again, you say, well, I'm, you're crazy, preacher. That's okay. You wouldn't be the first one that's told me that. And it don't hurt my feelings if you feel that way. But I'm telling you, I just don't believe everything I've been told by everybody outside of God's Word. I don't. I think the devil would just soon lie to me as look at me. And I think if he can find enough ways to lie to me to convince me that God's Word is just an old fairy tale book full of stuff that men believed a long time ago before people got smart, then he's doing his work. He's done. If he can convince me not to question science, then the devil has won. Do you understand that? If, if, he, if he can make you say, well, that's, an, that's old timing, he's defeated your faith in God and his Word. So, I mean, I look at things like this, and it, it causes me to say, wait a minute. And then, I, and then I look at, you know, where the Bible talks about, again, talks about the windows of heaven, God opening the windows of heaven. In Genesis 7, when the flood took place, God opened the windows of heaven. He broke up the fountains of the earth, but he also opened the windows. That don't mean the clouds start raining. That's different than the windows of heaven. Okay? It talks about it in, in, in chapter 7, verse 11. It also talks about it in 8. Verse 2, and it also talks about the windows of heaven in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. It ain't got nothing to do with rain. He said, hey, listen, try me and see if I won't open the windows of heaven and give you out a blessing that you ain't got room enough to receive. How's he going to do? He's going to drop it from above. Where he's at? The windows of heaven. I'll give you another place. There is also another thing in heaven in this stone. There is a door. In Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, 
Let me read it to you. I know you know what it says, but let me read it to you nonetheless. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. You say, what's this got to do with the wisdom of God? I don't know, but it sure is good. Amen. I like it. Anytime, anytime, I, anytime I can kind of blow the devil's cover a little bit, it gets me excited. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. Listen, this is John talking. And he said, and after this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking to me, which said, come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. So this, this firmament that God created has windows and has a door. That's in the Bible. And he said he created the sun and the moon in the firmament and, and the lights in the firmament. And he said the sun goes in a circuit and the moon goes in a circuit. That's what God's word says, but, you know, you take it and believe what you want to. But I'll I give you what the Bible says. But verse 28, let's keep going. The Bible says, when, he's saying wisdom, I was there, when he established the clouds above. So that's different from what we're talking about with the windows of heaven. He established the clouds above when he strengthened the fountains of the deep. Genesis 1, 9, and 10 says, And God says, Let there be waters under the heavens. Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. So God, again, we have waters above, waters beneath. The waters below are gathered to one place. That's what we call seas. And the Bible says, and, and in verse 10 of chapter of chapter 1 of Genesis, and God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters. He called his seas, and God saw that it was good. So, again, God separated all this. God did all this. God created this situation that he wanted. Again, it, 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 it ain't like they say it is. It's like God says it is. The Bible says in verse, 20, in verse 29, when he gave the sea, his decree, I like that part, amen. He gave the sea a decree that the water should not pass his commandment when he appointed the foundations of the earth. God said, that's as far as the sea is going to go right here. And I know Bill Gates and, 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 and Al Gore and Joe Biden all wring their hands. Oh, God, climate change, global warming, they're going to all drown. God said, water ain't going no further than that right there. And you know what? It's kind of funny. We've lived through the Industrial Revolution. We've lived through all this postmodern society, and people got pictures of lighthouses from way back in the early 1900s, and the water level still right where it was back then. But anyway, I didn't come to get on global warming tonight. But God gave the sea a decree, and he said it can't go no further. In Job chapter 38, verse 8 through 11, God talks about that too. It, it, it says, Or who shut up the sea with doors? When it breaks forth, as if it had issued from the womb, out of the womb. When I made the cloud, the garment thereof, and the thick darkness, a swaddling band for it, and break up uh, for it my decreed place, and set bars and doors, and said, Hitherto shalt thou come, but no further. Here shall thy proud waves be stayed. <laughs> he talks about it like it's roaring and coming forth. It's coming forth, uh, uh, coming forth as if it had issued out of the womb. You know, when a baby's coming, you can't stop it. And that's what I think he's referring to. It's coming. Ain't nothing you can do, but it ain't going no further than that right there. Because God said so. He's in charge. Wisdom set all that up. Amen? That's how come people can build their houses on the edge of it and not have to uh, sleep every night worrying that they're going to be washed out to sea. Because God said that's as far as it's going. 
Psalm 33, verse 7, he gathereth the waters of the sea together as in heap. He layeth it up, it layeth up the depth in storehouses. Psalm 104, 5 through 9, who laid the foundations of the earth that it should not be removed forever? Thou coverest it with a deep as a gar- with a garment. The water stood up above the mountains. At thy rebuke they fled. At the voice of thy thunders they hasted away. They go up by the mountains, they go down by the valleys unto the place which thou hast founded for them. Thou hast set a bound that they may not pass over, that they turn not again to cover the earth. Again, God said that's not going to happen again, and God has got it held back, and God's got the barriers and the borders, and they ain't going to change. God has that fixed. doesn't matter what man. I don't care how loud people jump up and down, wave their arms, and, and try to tax us to death. It ain't going to change. God said so. Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 22. The Bible says, Fear ye not me. God says, Are you not going to fear me? Saith the Lord, Will you not tremble at my presence, which have placed the sand for the bound of the sea by a perpetual decree, that it cannot pass it? And though the waves thereof toss themselves, yet can they not prevail. Though they roar, yet. Can they not pass over it? God says that over and over and over in his word. All I got holding back that water is just some sand, but it can't beat it. God, God in his wisdom has got all these systems of the world in the palm of his hand. You know, when you're a little kid, we sing that song. He's got the whole world in his hand. You know, the whole world in his hand. John know the song. But he really does. He really, truly does. You know, verse 30, he says, wisdom says, Then I was by him as one brought up with him. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. <clears throat> wisdom said, I was, I was by him as one brought up with him. He's saying, you know, we'd always been together. That's what he's saying. I've always been with him. And I was daily his delight. John sixteen twenty eight. I came forth from the Father, Jesus said, and I'm come into the world. Again, I leave the world and I go to the Father. Why? Because he's always been with the Father. Isaiah 42, verse 1. Behold my servant whom I uphold, mine elect in whom my soul delighteth. I put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. Again, speaking of Christ. Matthew 17, verse 5. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Yes, I believe God is very pleased with his Son. Colossians 1.13, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. He said, I was his delight daily. Rejoicing always before him. And last verse says, rejoicing in the habitable part of, the, of his earth. And my delights were with the sons of men. Again, I take you back to the verse I started off with in Proverbs 3.19. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth. By understanding hath he established the heavens. I want to close with these thoughts. I want you to think this for a minute. The pre-creation existence of wisdom 
it has a real and a practical application. This is Warren Wearsby, I'm quoting, but I really liked what he had to say. He said, if the whole created order, listen and think what I'm, listen thoughtfully to what I'm saying. If the whole created order is founded on God's wisdom, then to go against his wisdom is to go against all his creation. When we belong to Jesus Christ and walk in his wisdom, all of creation works for us. If we rebel against his wisdom and his will to work against us, as Jonah discovered when he tried to run away from the Lord. I mean, that, that's, just, that's just such simple truth and wisdom. Ken, this is his world. It's not ours. He made everything in it. I mean, it, it all functions according to his will. And the only reason our lives are a disaster, if they are a disaster, is because we refuse to, gain, to, to go along with God's will. God's way is perfect. He says so in his word. His wisdom is perfect. There's no way that's right, that's better against the Lord. Nothing works. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. He wasn't kidding when he says that. You've got to have the wisdom of God. And what I'm urging you tonight to think, you think about Jonah. God says go to Nineveh. Jonah went the other way. Did it get good for Jonah? I don't think so. I don't think so. His life was a nightmare from the moment he decided to run the other way. To run from God's wisdom is foolishness. We need to run to it and fall at his feet and say, Lord, I need every bit you'll give me. Please forgive me for thinking I had any to begin with on my own. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. I think we would all be helped if we would examine our life and, and, and really look and see, are we, are we doing things according to God's wisdom? Or are we trying to feel our way along? I think sometimes we're like a blind man just trying to grow, trying to find our way through life, hoping we make it the right way. In God's way, God's God's wisdom is a light in the dark. His, his, his wisdom gives us light to walk in. Like David said, thy, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. I need your wisdom, Lord. I want to I be successful in this life and not so I can hold my life up and go, look at what a success I became. No, so I can, hold, I can lay it at your feet and say, Lord, look what you did through me. God's wisdom. You need it. I need it. Do we have it? Do you have it? If you don't have it, I urge you. We're going to pray in just a second. I'd urge, I'd urge you to go to God in prayer and say, Lord, I need that wisdom. I've been trying to do it myself. I've been trying to handle it my way. I've been I've been failing, and I understand why. I want to give it to you. Please take the reins. Please take the wheel. Please forgive me for trying to do it. I hope you will. Let's stand together. Let's, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. I have the Father, Lord, we do come before you tonight. Lord, we're not going to have a song, but Lord, we, we certainly have an invitation. We don't need music tonight. Lord, I know that in my own life, I, I make choices sometimes without even consulting you. Lord, I'm foolish to do so. Forgive me for that, Lord. Lord, I, I pray, Lord, that you give me wisdom and and all the choices that I set out to make. Lord, that I'm not doing things that 
that I think are right, but, Lord, that I'm doing things that I know you approve of. Lord, please help us. Please help us, Lord, not to just accept what we're told in this world on face value, but to, but to seek your mind, seek your will, seek your word, improve things by the word of God, not just accept anything we're told. Lord, help us to not just be mindless followers of this world, but, Lord, help us to be faithful followers of you, your word. Lord, God, please, I pray that, you, Lord, you draw us to Jesus every day. Lord, you draw us faithfully to the word of God. And Lord, help us to always seek to please our Savior in everything we do. Father, help us in this time that we're in, Lord. We're in a time of wickedness, Lord, where people are falling by the wayside all around us. Lord, God, help us to be beacons, shining lights in a dark place. Help us to proclaim Christ and to, and to be living testimonies to what the Word of God can do. I pray, Father, you bless each one tonight. Help us, Lord, as we go to our homes. Help us to live and be the kind of believers you want us to be. But, Lord, help us to seek wisdom from you always, Lord, to come to you daily and, and, and seeking from you the truth, seeking from you, Lord, to show us the right way. Father, we just pray now, Lord, for anybody under the sound of our voice, Lord, that might not be saved. Lord, I pray for them. I pray, Lord, that they might come to know Christ as their personal Savior. Lord, that they might turn from their sin and believe on Jesus, turning from their own way, Lord, by the help of the Holy Spirit of God and believing upon the sacrifice that Christ made on Calvary. Lord, please help, help people come tonight, Father. We know there are people listening to this program. Lord God, we just pray for their salvation. Please help us, Lord, and those who couldn't be with us tonight. Bless each heart, bless each home, and we thank you for it in Jesus' precious name.